You're listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm Abby. And I'm Sarah. Today we're going to be talking about traveling and vacations. But first, let's catch up on life lately. Abby, what's been happening with you? Well, I am in the midst of a full week of solo parenting, which, to be honest, could be much more difficult. I have a very easygoing kid, and I only have one. But at the same time, you never realize how much you appreciate the break you get at the end of the day. Yes. (laughs) When your co-parent comes home. Yes. As when he's not doing that. (laughs) It makes such a huge difference, even if it's just an hour before bedtime. Yeah. It's different. And that's that's what I get is an hour before bedtime. Mm -hmm. But that hour is the hour when Plum and I are most sick of each other, Mm -hmm. when she is tired. You know, if she's not feeling great and she hasn't been feeling great, she had an ear infection and she's been a little like snotty. You know, when she's not feeling great, she's feeling the worst at that time in advance of going to bed. Yeah. So it is doable, but I'm really looking forward to Andrew coming back from his conference on Friday. A week's a really long time. Yeah. The other really exciting thing that's happening this weekend is that Plum is turning one. Yay. Yeah. So we're having a family birthday party. Andrew's parents will be in town and my dad will be in town. Mm -hmm. And she's going to have carrot cake for her first cake. Nice. And I'm going to try a new sour cream enchilada recipe for a little lunch party that we're having. That sounds perfect. What's been happening with you, Sarah? Well, I just finished 48 hours of being confined at home. Oh, my. My kids both got sick yesterday. Um, HP had a gastrointestinal bug. Poor guy. Yeah. And I thought E was fine, but she turned out to have a fever that afternoon. But she had been kind of clingy and seemed really tired. And then when I put her down for a nap, I realized she had a fever. Mm. But honestly, things have been really great this winter. Last January, we had a really rough time with all four of us trading being really sick. And this has felt so minor in comparison. And even though they were sick, they were mostly in good spirits. Well, that makes a huge difference. Yeah. The pitiful sick child versus the pretty much acting normal, but a little draggy sick child is really different. Yeah. And today we were just home because we didn't want to spread our germs, that it was Mm -hmm. still been less than 24 hours since they were both sick. And so we don't want to go any place where there's going to be other kids that we can pass that on to. But they both felt totally fine. Probably got a little crazy, stir crazy too. Yeah. So Neil came home tonight and we were going to do our podcast recording. And I said, how about I just leave an hour early and go to the (laughs) library? And Neil very supportively agreed that it would be good for me to get out of the house. Awesome. So I went to the library. Thanks, Neil. You make our podcast possible. (laughs) Let's move on to what we've been reading lately. I've been reading Swing Time by Zadie Smith, and this is a book that we picked in our virtual book club. So you read it too, right, Sarah? I did. It was my pick for the book club this time. Oh, right. It was your couple of months to choose. Mm -hmm. So we had our meeting about it on Saturday morning, this past Saturday morning, and I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good book and it was told kind of in an interesting way. So it's a book about a young woman and it starts pretty much when she's, what, eight or nine, Mm -hmm. something like that. Yep. And then sort of follows her through to adulthood, but it's all mixed up. So you get flashbacks of her as a young child 
and also as an adolescent um and then college a couple college flashbacks and it's all told from the point of view as her as an adult and she has been working for this like mega pop star lots of interesting things about race brought in about friendship she has a very tumultuous friendship with one particular girlfriend mm-hmm. her relationship with her mother is really interesting and her father the idea not just of race but of where you come from so african black people versus caribbean black people mm-hmm. versus you know her so she's a black woman but she was born in london i enjoyed the book I found the narrator really hard to relate to Hmm. and the main relationship between the two friends really hard to understand as well, or at least it didn't feel relatable to me. So I struggled with that a little bit, but the writing was really excellent. Mm -hmm. And I loved that a big chunk of the book was set in Gambia, which is where I did an internship when I was in graduate school. Mm -hmm. And just reading that gave me another opportunity to reflect back on my time there. Overall, I I enjoyed it, but I'm not sure I would recommend it. Or maybe that's not true. I mean, I would recommend it so far, but I was a bad book club member and haven't finished it yet. Yeah. I'm listening to it on audiobook and the reader's really good. So listeners, if you like audiobooks, I recommend it just based on how good the reader is. And I know that in the book club, maybe you, Sarah, and some other people were less than satisfied with the ending. Mm -hmm. So I might feel unsatisfied with it as well. But how I feel right now is that I'm just kind of enjoying the ride. I would say unsatisfied is a good word for how I felt about the ending. I also felt a little disappointed because based on the description, I thought it was going to be more about dance, which Mm -hmm. I was excited to read about. And it really wasn't very much at all about dance. Yeah. So I recently finished Homeward Bound by Emily Matchar, which was recommended to me by Kelsey of the Girl Next Door podcast. Mm -hmm. And it's a nonfiction book. And it takes a look at what she calls the new domesticity, which is millennial people, mostly women, being drawn to things like blogging, cooking from scratch, homesteading. What are some of the other things she mentioned in there? Super intense parenting. Yeah. Opting out of work. And trying to do sell things on Etsy to make an income, doing crafting. Mm -hmm. The different chapters examine some of those different topics. And overall, I would say I liked the latter chapters much better than the earlier ones. I found them much more interesting and more applicable to my own life, that I related more to the people she interviewed in those chapters. I appreciated the non-judgmental tone that she took in the book. And I have heard the same arguments advanced by different people where I feel like I've reacted much more defensively and Mm -hmm. felt more attacked and that my choices had been attacked, Mm -hmm. where in her book, I really felt like she was trying to examine why this is happening and what some of the negative things about it are, what some of the draws are, and some of the bigger societal questions about it. Mm -hmm. And would you say at the end, it's not just a journalistic look at this sort of like wave of new domesticity, but that she does actually have an opinion and voice it in her writing? I think so. I am reading it too, but I haven't finished it yet. I think in the end that she is advancing a certain point of view. When I finished, I thought I would be interested to see what she says after she has kids. Mm. And that is not at all to say that I think that women have kids and then they all want to leave the workforce or Mm -hmm. that they won't be drawn to their work anymore. But I think it's really hard to know until you have kids 
how you're going to balance your family life Mm -hmm. and that some people think they want to stay home and it turns out they don't and they want to be at work and some people think they want to work and it turns out that they don't or regardless of whether you're questioning working or not working balancing the new responsibilities that come with parenting with your partner in your marriage with yourself there's just a lot of things to to think through Mm -hmm. and I've read some of it too I'm not sure that I'm gonna finish it mostly because I'm not really feeling nonfiction right now. Yeah. But the chapter that I liked the best that resonated the most with me was the chapter about young women opting out of work. Mm -hmm. And it brought up a lot of issues that I have faced as I have opted out of traditional 40-hour-a-week work and also that were brought up in much more detail in this other book, um, Overwhelmed by Bridget Schulte. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's one you've read too, right? Yes, I loved that book. Yeah, me too. And just bringing up this idea of one of the main reasons men and women give for opting out of a traditional workplace is that there doesn't seem to be a good way to work 20 hours a week and still contribute, Mm -hmm. that it's all or nothing. You're either in it for 40 plus hours a week, willing to answer email on weekends, or you're viewed as not serious about your work. And so you might as well leave. And it just made me feel again, like I wish that there was something that was more in between. Mm -hmm. I think the part of the book that I found most interesting was her argument that the new domesticity was encouraging individuals and families to insource so many different things that society wasn't providing it for you. So just Mm -hmm. step out and do it your own way and make it happen for yourselves. Where... If too many people do that, we lose the momentum for society-wide changes Mm -hmm. like affordable daycare and better family leave policies and safer food. Right. All the things that will make it better for everyone as a whole as opposed to just your family. Mm -hmm. And I found that argument very convincing to not lose sight of the bigger picture in your quest to do what is right for your family. Yeah, it's compelling. But at the same time, I don't know that I would make a different decision than the one that I've made Mm -hmm. in terms of opting out of work. Yeah. And this is something that we talk about a lot around women in science too. Many scientific career tracks are less than friendly to the primary parent. Mm -hmm. And that argument comes up again and again that you should stay and lean in and work to make it better for everybody else. But at the same time, what's the cost to my personal family? Right. And so... I see it both ways. I see the real need for women to women and men to stay and ask for more flexible policies and create meaningful part-time work and work to make that seem valued in the context of whatever workplace culture. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there are so many structural problems that I don't know that I would make a different choice. Well, let's move on to talking about vacations and travel. This is a topic I'm excited to talk about because we're still in the middle of winter and it's gray and rainy and I'm looking forward to reminiscing about past travels and thinking about future ones. Let's start by talking about what travel and vacations were like for us growing up. So we traveled a fair amount in my family growing up and much of the travel was to see family So we would travel after Christmas every year to be with my mom's family, and we would visit with my dad's family, 
sort of at various times. We also did vacations. And my most memorable trip as a kid was when my parents pulled my sister and me out of school and took us on a surprise trip to Disney World. They just said, you're not going to school today. We're going on a trip. And then we got to the airport and that's when we figured out where we were going. So that's pretty fun. Yeah, that is really fun. And were you at good ages for Disney then? Was that really exciting to you as a kid? I think I was maybe a little bit old for it. Probably I was nine and my sister was five-ish, I would guess. Mm -hmm. So I was old enough to enjoy the things like the rides, but I think things like the characters, like the life-size characters that are Mm -hmm. really exciting when you're littler were less fun. Yeah. My only trip to Disney World was as a teenager. I think I was a freshman in high school when we went. Did you go with your family? Mm Mm-hmm. I did. And it was much more of a, well, no, that's not true. I guess I went once when I was really little and I only vaguely remember a parade that we had some family friends that were there. So I guess I did go when I was younger. But the trip I remember was going as a freshman in high school. And so my sister would have been a junior. But it was more like an amusement park to us then that Mm -hmm. we did a lot of the ride stuff. And that was really fun. Yeah. The big vacations that I remember as a kid were starting in third grade. We took three-week road trips every summer. My dad was part of a civic organization, and they had an international convention every year. And by international, that's the United States and Canada. (laughs) But my sister and my parents and I would drive there, and then one week of that three-week vacation was spent at the convention, and they Mm -hmm. had a program for kids. So my sister and I would do that with all the other children of people of this organization. What did you do? Uh, We did things like the amusement parks or going to... So the first summer we went to Alberta, Canada, Mm -hmm. and it was in Edmonton. And they have a Mall of America-like mall there. Oh, okay. So one day we went there and did stuff. And I'm trying to think of all the other stuff. But they had a different activity every day. Kind of like outings. Yeah. Someplace around town. And there were some people hired to be in charge of us. It was kind of like camp, I guess is how I'd describe it. Yeah, lots of the kids we'd see just at this one thing every year at the convention. That's pretty neat, actually. And then on the drive to and from, we did lots of stopping at national parks and seeing monuments and doing those typical American road trip Mm -hmm. type things. And that was really fun. I got to see a lot of the country because this convention moved around, I crossed a lot of states off my list on these trips, I would say. Yeah. How many of the states have you been to, Sarah? I think I've been to 41, 42. Wow. So pretty awesome. Yeah. I really need, I need to hit the New England states. Lucky for you, they're close together. I know. Yeah. And we have a friend there. I need to go before she moves back to Colorado. Yeah. So our family didn't travel on holidays. So that summer trip was the big trip we took every year. Mm -hmm. And the most memorable ones to me were the one where we went to Canada because we saw so many national parks that were just beautiful. Glacier National Park. And we went up into Banff in Canada, which I would love to go back there as an adult now. I've heard amazing things about Banff. My mom did similar road trips as a girl. Mm -hmm. And she still talks about Banff and how like absolutely beautiful it was and how blue the water in the lakes was and the gorgeous you know mountains right next door reflecting in the lake and that kind of thing sounds amazing and I think I enjoyed it as a kid but I would appreciate it so much more now Mm -hmm. 
And the other really memorable trip was going to the Grand Canyon. Oh, awesome. My mom's parents met us there and we did a rafting trip. I think it was something like six day and five night trip rafting down the Grand Canyon. And that's another thing that I think I enjoyed at the time, but would appreciate so much more now. Mm -hmm. And that trip, the convention was in Las Vegas, which is kind of a funny place to visit as a kid. Yeah. It's a funny place to visit as an adult. (laughs) Agreed. The other thing we did that was fun as a kid was my sister and I would fly by ourselves to go visit our grandparents in North Carolina every summer. Ooh, fun. And we probably did that for maybe about five summers once we were old enough to travel by ourselves. Obviously, the airport staff was helping to facilitate that. We were not completely on our own (laughs) before things got kind of crazy with just our summers got booked up with jobs and whatever else once we were later in high school. I have really fun memories of taking a plane trip with my sister where she was probably just barely old enough to be an unaccompanied minor. Do you know how old that is? I don't know. But I have really good memories. I don't even know where we were going, but I remember having a lot of fun on the plane. I remember having a lot of fun in the airport because we could go buy all this food that we normally wouldn't. And one of the places in the Charlotte airport, because once we were older, we were allowed to transfer from Charlotte to Asheville. Mm -hmm. When we were younger, my grandparents just drove to Charlotte. So it would just be my parents dropping us off at the airport, walking us to the gate, Mm -hmm. and then getting picked up in Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. But once we got to transfer in Charlotte, they had a candy shop there. Oh, wow. Which (laughs) I'm sure was so overpriced, but that was like heaven to us. And getting the Cinnabon getting to eat that delicious cinnamon roll. It's just not something we would normally get to do. So that is one of my strongest memories of (laughs) traveling is just eating the food. I guess that hasn't changed much, though, as an adult, because I still mostly love food when I'm traveling. Oh, yeah. And I mean, vacations are the perfect time to eat tons of things that you don't on a regular basis. Yeah. We also took semi-regular beach vacations as a family where my whole mom's side of the family would get together on an East Coast beach, Mm -hmm. which was fun to see everybody. But I would say that going to the beach for a week is not my ideal vacation. I actually really love a week at the beach myself, but we didn't do that much of that as kids. We did a few actually with my mom's side of the family too. Did you go to the Texas coast or do you go We did. We went to the Gulf of Mexico, but we also one time went to a Delaware beach. Okay. So we did several I mean my mom's family lives all over so I think that that year that was close to the family that's in Pennsylvania so that's Mm -hmm. why we picked that one yeah it's nice to rotate it is who has to travel the farthest I don't remember loving those beach vacations as a kid I loved being with that part of the family but I don't remember loving those vacations but where I really fell in love with the week-long beach vacation where you just sort of like eat amazing food and read books and sit on the beach is doing vacations like that with Andrew's family Mm -hmm. before we were even married. Yeah. And it actually sounds really nice to me now to think about having a week to sit and read on the beach. Mm -hmm. But that's not how it would look with the way our life is now. Yeah. It's not how it would look right now. And there's other places I'd rather go. So it's Mm -hmm. not that I don't or wouldn't enjoy it. It just wouldn't be first on my list. So let's talk about travel we've done as adults and what are some of the our favorite places we've been or most memorable trips. In college and right after, I did a lot of European travel. Mm-hmm. So after my freshman year of college, my mom and I did a duo trip 
to Europe. And that was a crazy trip because we rented a car mm. and drove around lots of places in France and the Netherlands. And then I think flew out of Switzerland. We got lost a bit. But, you know, my mom was really actually pretty good at figuring out where we were. And this was before GPS on your phone. Yeah. So we were using a lot of maps. And my mom's family is from the Netherlands. So we got to go and see like graveyards that had her family name. So I did that trip with my mom. And then I came to see you while you were studying abroad. Mm -hmm. And I also visited a friend of ours who lives in Austria. And then we came to see you on the other end, Mm -hmm. the end of that trip while you were in Switzerland, which was really fun. And then my mom, my sister and I did a trip after I graduated from college to Europe. And that trip, we stayed a week in Paris and a week in London. That's when I learned that I like the little bit longer Mm -hmm. time in one place where you sort of get to know things. So we stayed in an apartment and then got to know the neighborhoods where we were. And you don't feel so rushed that if you're someplace for several days, you don't feel like you have to cram it all in one day, that you can have a more relaxed pace to what you're seeing. Mm -hmm. I really like that too. So your story about your mom driving reminded me of when my mom, my sister, and I took a bicycle trip to Ireland. Awesome. But we rented a car for before and after the actual bike trip. We were part of a bicycle tour that Mm -hmm. went through. And I was often the navigator. And I mean, I wasn't a very good navigator. (laughs) We (laughs) got lost a lot. And as you said, we didn't have any kind of electronic device guiding us. Mm -hmm. But we were going from, I don't even remember where the places were, but from point A to point B. And we were hiking someplace and then needed to get to the bed and breakfast we were staying at that night. Mm -hmm. And I think it took us six hours. Maybe that's an exaggeration and I've made it worse in my mind but we got very lost in Dublin and we got turned around. <laughs> There's all these roundabouts. And I just remember my sister being so irritated that that was happening. And my mom and I just laughing because we thought oh, that no. the whole thing was hilarious. <laughs> and then we got to the bed and breakfast and I was reading through some of the literature. And whatever place we were right before we had been there, it said that it was about I don't remember what it said, if it said 45 minutes or an hour and 15 minutes away. And it had taken us many times that length to get there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I feel like I've been really fortunate to have so many great travel experiences. One of my favorite was visiting Neil when he was doing some research in New Zealand. Oh, awesome. And this was after we graduated. I had done a summer internship. And then when that ended, I bought a ticket to New Zealand for two weeks. What did you guys do when you were in New Zealand? Did you drive around? We didn't drive. We spent some time in Christchurch, which is where Neil was based. Mm -hmm. And then we had, I can't remember how long we spent there, a few days. And then we had more than a week to just travel. And we took the train up to Arthur's Pass. And then we went down to the other coast and saw two of the glaciers that were there. And then took a bus back, I think. So there's just so much more to explore there. I would love to go back in the future yeah, and see more and do more there. I studied abroad in Switzerland, as you mentioned, Mm -hmm. and we had very generous breaks while we were there. 
Oh, right. Including, I was supposed to take a language course the first three weeks that I was there. And I apparently had only drafted, not sent the email that I thought I had sent to sign myself up for this French language course. And I had not had any French classes for a year and a half before arriving there. So you could have benefited. Very much so. (laughs) Especially because I was taking classes at the university there. They weren't specific to study abroad. And it would have been helpful to have a little bit of a refresher before being thrown into the fire. But it worked out great because my brother um, found out that I had these three weeks and he flew to Prague and I met him in Prague and we rented a car and drove through Central Europe together. Oh, so fun. He's a decade older than I am, so we weren't at home together very much. Mm -hmm. So it was fun to get to know him as an adult. And he is such a seasoned traveler. It was really nice for me as somebody just starting my year abroad to get to travel with him for three weeks. Yeah, that sounds super great. But that whole year was just an amazing experience with lots of opportunities. I saw you while you were there and your husband came to visit too, along with another friend. And we traveled to Italy together. And then in graduate school, I got to spend six months doing an internship in Senegal and Gambia. Let's talk about what travel looks like in our lives right now. For us, we mostly are just taking trips to visit people. Mm-hmm. We took a short beach trip, which was Plum's first time to go to the beach this August. We got a little Airbnb, which was a hilarious like old motel that these people were converting into kind of a hostel situation. Okay. So it was this room with two twin beds and a little mini fridge and roach traps and stuff. <laughs> But that's the last, quote, real vacation that we went on. And, you know, when you take a six-month-old, there is still a good amount of work mm-hmm. that's less restful and less vacation-like. So I'm not even sure that that really counts. But most of our other trips in recent memory have been to visit family. And we're lucky that we have family that lives in fun places, like Andrew's parents live in Nashville and his sister Um, lives in Portland, Oregon, which is a really fun place Mm -hmm. to go talk about amazing things to eat. Mm -hmm. But most of the travel that we are doing is to to visit with family. I really strongly feel the difference between what a trip and a vacation is. Mm -hmm. And we have been taking trips and we have not been taking vacations. Yep. And to me, the difference is if I'm going on a vacation, I'm going to relax and explore. And if I'm going on a trip, I'm usually going to visit somebody. Mm -hmm. And they can both be fun, but they're different. And I think the last vacation Neil and I went on was when we went to New Mexico and Colorado right before HP was born. Mm -hmm. And we met up with a lot of college friends in Colorado. And then prior to that, Neil and I did some stuff on our own in New Mexico. But since then, we've just been traveling to see family and friends. And in some ways, I wish we were doing more vacations. And in other ways, I think it's just the stage of our lives yeah. where vacationing is really expensive. It is. And it is so much work to take two young kids and <laughs> yes. still feel so much just like my regular life with different scenery. We only have the one and it's a lot of work. So kudos to you <laughs> for taking both of them. Yeah. And I, I want, I loved growing up traveling regularly mm-hmm. and seeing a lot of the country and I want my kids to have that too but while they're so young they're not going to remember that and it just feels like it's not worth the money at this point I mean to me it feels like paying to do more of my regular life Mm -hmm. which involves a significant amount of 
parenting work. <laughs> yeah, and it's harder usually because the sleep is worse for everybody. And the routines are thrown routine. off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And to sum up, basically, we are not prioritizing vacation. Yeah, right now, the financial piece is part of it for us too. Mm-hmm. But it's also that it doesn't make a whole lot of sense career-wise too for Andrew that he mm-hmm. really needs to be in lab most days yeah so it's not like we have time to do like even really weekend trips because that takes time away from the work stuff yeah and I think that's part of being a scientific trainee and that should shift as his job stuff shifts and we don't have those kind of limitations but even if we're visiting both sets of grandparents for close to a week and then we do a family trip with Neil's family in the summer. I mean, that right there is close to three weeks. So, yeah. you know, it adds up really quickly just seeing people in our families, not counting any trips we would do for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Let's look a little bit ahead. So when Plum and any other possible future children are older, mm-hmm. how do you want travel to look in your family? I think there will still be a good amount of family trips. I think it's pretty unlikely that we will live in the same place with grandparents. Mm -hmm. Maybe one grandparent or two might move to where we are, Mm -hmm. but it's likely that we'll have to travel to see at least one set of grandparents. So there will be a lot of that. I would like to, once kid or kids are old enough to appreciate appreciate it, I would like to prioritize family trips like you're talking about, like mm-hmm. national park trips. My aunt and uncle just went on an awesome trip that was sort of like a civil rights tour where they went to Memphis and some places in Alabama mm-hmm. and then finished up in North Carolina. So, I mean, I would like to do trips like that that are kind of historical, but also we could do learning and fun things mm-hmm. along the way. I think if I'm going to go really crazy, I would love it if something worked out with Andrew's work where he was abroad for maybe the summer doing science in another country mm-hmm. and that the kids and I could go there and live with him and and explore whatever place that is. I'm, when I'm talking about that, I'm imagining somewhere in Europe, but Australia would be fine. Yeah. That's sort of a dream. I was going to say that sounds ideal to be able to really be in one place and explore, Mm -hmm. which is just a really different way of doing it than going in and only having a few days or even a week that you get such a different sense of a place to be there for longer. Yeah. What are you thinking about future travel? So when they're in elementary school, I would love to do more of the national trips and national parks. And for us, visiting cities doesn't hold a huge appeal. I think it holds more for me than for Neil. We don't live in a big city at all, but we're Mm -hmm. still in town all the time. So we really miss being able to just be out in nature. So if I'm traveling, I want to go someplace where I can do that. I don't really want to go to another city. As they get older, I would really like to do some international travel with them. That's exciting. I really benefited from traveling to and living in different countries. In my experience, once people do that a few times, they want to do it more. Yeah. I can't imagine my family taking multiple 
big European month-long adventures. Mm -hmm. But even just doing that once when they're older and opening their eyes to that world and hopefully inspiring them to do things like study abroad or find ways to go abroad in their future. Yeah. At this point in my life where we're so in the weeds with young childhood, Mm -hmm. it's hard to imagine us being in the place to make that happen. Yeah. I mean, that's how it feels to me, too. Yeah. Months away in another country Mm -hmm. feels like a total pipe dream. Yeah. For one thing, it's hard for me to imagine that really being doable, though I know that my child will become much more self-sufficient. Yeah. But financially, Mm -hmm. big challenge to put three or more people on international flights. Yeah. Let's end by talking about what our ideal vacation would be. My ideal vacation probably includes Andrew and also probably includes some other couple friends. It doesn't include Plum at this point because she needs too much attention for it to really feel like a vacation and not Mm -hmm. a trip. But I look forward to getting to the point where she's a little more self-sufficient so that we can take true family vacations. I think the thing that I would like the best would be to go either to a cabin in the woods or to a beach house with some couple friends and be able to eat out whenever we wanted and then play games and drink fun drinks and just hang out and talk. Mm -hmm. I think that my ideal vacation would be somewhere in nature, like a cabin in the mountains with lots of hiking trails nearby. Sounds ideal to me. Someplace very lush and with a landscape very different from where I'm living. And right now, my ideal vacation would be to go somewhere with just Neil. Because since we've had the kids, I think we've had one night away together without kids. Yeah. And that was before E was born. So it's been a while. And I would say that my kids are getting to the point where it's still a lot of work and still a trip. Mm -hmm. But I'm really seeing the fun of having them experience a new place now. That Mm. especially HP, he's interested in where we're going and curious about everything and excited about it. And that makes it really fun. Yeah, that sounds awesome. But my ideal vacation right now still would be without them. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's totally fair. I do love the idea of getting together with friends as well. Mm -hmm. So what about places that you either want to go back to or places you haven't traveled to? So the top things on my travel bucket list right now are to go to Maine and visit Mm -hmm. Acadia National Park Mm -hmm. and to do the Boundary Waters in Minnesota. Mm. And then I'd love to go back to New Zealand. New Zealand is top on my list too. New Zealand and Australia. Just think... There's so much beauty and so many things that are different. Mm-hmm. Plus, Andrew is a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Mm-hmm. And I think that it would be really fun to go see the places that the films were made yeah. in New Zealand. I think that that is something that we would really enjoy. And that's something that I could see being a fun family trip, especially if we end up with nerdy kids, which we very likely will, <laughs> that they would really enjoy that. So New Zealand is on my top of my list. I also would love to go to Ireland and or Scotland Mm -hmm. because I've been to the UK but only to London so I would love to see countryside another place I'm really interested in is Cornwall in the south of England 
And the reason for that is because my very favorite romantic comedy is set there and it just looks totally gorgeous. Yes. Is that about time? Yes. You had recommended that to me and I loved it. Oh my gosh. We went through a period of time where we were watching that movie like every month because it's so good. I love that Andrew will do that with you. I'm not sure if Neil would be interested in rewatching that one multiple times. He's a pretty open to romantic comedies. Yeah. As a genre of film that we watch together. That's great. Once I start talking about places I want to visit, I just keep adding to my list because Mm. there's very few places I really don't want to visit. I mean, there are places I don't, but the more I talk about it, the more excited I get. I really find that anticipation is half the fun and that Mm. even though none of these trips are on my horizon or even likely in the next couple years, it's still really fun to dream about it and I get a lot of enjoyment out of that. Yeah, I totally agree. I think in the same way that I like researching stuff to buy and like finding the exact right stuff, Mm -hmm. I really enjoy the planning part of a trip and I feel equally satisfied like finding a great bed and breakfast to stay in or getting really excited about a specific hiking trail that's close by to where we are or something. I I love that planning part of it too. Yeah, I can see how you would like that because I like the theoretical just imagining I don't like the actual detail planning, like what you're describing. Just like I don't like researching things. I think we're actually a great team. Yeah. Well, we should take one of those couple trips together and then you can do the detail planning. I would love it. It'll be great. All right. Let's move on to what we're eating. We've been eating these really weird cookies. (laughs) It's a great start. I'm sure everybody is just dying to make them now. Tell me more. So I was chatting with a friend about how HP really likes to make these strange creations and call them cake. (laughs) Things like chopping up raw carrots and mashing banana and putting in a scoop of peanut butter and turnips. And he'll mix it all together and call it cake. And then we all have to take a bite of it. He eats it? Yeah. I mean, it's not usually super mixed together and all the pieces aren't terrible. It's usually produce plus peanut butter. Okay. So it's always kind of weird, but it is edible. (laughs) So... (laughs) It's most weird when he adds banana to it because then the banana gets kind of (laughs) funky. But I was mentioning this to a friend and she said, oh, do you know that you can make cookies with just bananas and oats? And I said, no, I did not know that. But Ambitious Kitchen has a recipe, which is mash up a banana, make oat flour in a blender, Mm -hmm. and it's one cup of oat flour to one mashed banana. Mix it together and you bake it in the oven for, I don't know, eight minutes. We'll link Mm -hmm. to the recipe. And they're really dense. They are not airy. As you can imagine, the only things in them are banana and oats. But my kids really like them and they can help make them. Mm -hmm. And they're just have bananas and oats. So they're relatively healthy. So what do they look like? Mm, Kind of just like oatmeal. (laughs) (laughs) In a little pile. If you let oatmeal dry out, it would turn into this cookie. (laughs) Weird. (laughs) But I really recommend it for people who have preschoolers. I think she bills it as a breakfast cookie. Mm -hmm. It's something you can make and then take on the go. And I actually do like the way they taste. But they don't taste like a cookie if you're expecting a chocolate chip cookie. You just have to go in knowing that. So speaking of chocolate chip cookies, what I've been eating are these amazing chocolate chip cookies. The recipe is from Pinch of Yum. And I think it's called the best soft chocolate chip cookies, but we'll link to it. Okay. But I found this recipe on election night because I was really anxious and I felt like I needed to eat my feelings and the form that I wanted my feelings to take was a delicious soft chocolate chip cookie and I've made them more than 10 times since then and um, they're really comforting they are really soft 
and it's pretty easy. They only make between 12 and 16 cookies. So it's not like you're making a whole bunch and then eating them for days. And I think that's one reason why I keep going back to it because it makes you enough that it leaves you wanting more. I love that. Because my big problem with cookies is I hate the whole process of having to put them all on the tray and then take them off and then put more on and take them Mm -hmm. in and out of the oven. It feels very tedious to me. Yeah. I know it's not that big of a deal, but I really hate it. So I love the idea of a recipe that's already pre-portioned to be a single tray of cookies. Yeah. And it's nice because it's like one stick of butter, one egg, Mm -hmm. nice quantities ingredient wise too. Something else that drives me crazy, like you're saying that it feels really tedious to do the portioning out Mm -hmm. and the baking steps. I hate measuring butter. Yeah. I just always have to look up how many tablespoons are in a cup (laughs) and things. And I feel annoyed with that, but you don't have to in this case. Perfect. So I've been making them a lot and they are delicious. I think that's all for this episode of Friendlier. It's been great talking with you, Sarah, and with all of you listeners. We would so appreciate it, listeners, if you could leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It gives us valuable feedback and helps other people find the show. If you'd like to join in the conversation or offer suggestions for future topics, you can find us online at friendlierpodcast.com, on Instagram at friendlierpodcast, or you can email us friendlierpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly. And this is a book that we picked in our virtual, in our, in our virtual, (laughs) in our virtual, I I don't think I can say virtual. You can do it. And this is a book that we picked in our virtual book club. So. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Is that distracting? I don't know what I'm trying to say, but we can just cut this whole thing. (laughs) Wasting precious minutes, Sarah. (laughs) Get it together. We kind of got lost and ended up at one point with some C and then... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know one of those many seas <laughs> one of the many seas <laughs> in the area we would so appreciate if you guys <laughs> sorry it's kind of weirdly worded I, I wrote it it's weird no I think I wrote it I think it's me I think you copied and pasted it from oh, okay. episode 8 and I wrote it <laughs> well We would so appreciate it, listeners, if you could leave us a rating and review on iTunes.